Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are discussing the film Beast. Beast. Okay. Not the Beast. Just Beast. Or Beauty and the Beast. Okay. We're just Beast. It's not Beast from Beauty and the Beast even. No. No. It's just more like Beast. Beast from the Lion King. Sort more of. like Rabid Beast. Rabid Beast. I didn't know where I saw the trailer for this. I remember seeing the movie poster for it. And thinking, oh, Idris Elba is in a new movie. And I didn't know. I thought it was going to be like some kind of drama or something like that. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, this is kind of batshit crazy. But okay, maybe we need to do this. I also saw that Idris Elba was in a movie and thought, okay, I'd like to see that. <laughs> and then, yeah, it looked like some kind of safari gone wrong or something is yeah. kind of what i was thinking maybe i wasn't prepared for punisher lion though yeah what the hell so i guess we'll get into that yeah we will it comes from universal studios so well-known horror studio is this considered a horror movie it's this is a slasher movie are you kidding me this is totally a slasher well it is i it's mean it's just not a human yeah yeah the yeah. last the lion is the slasher right neither of us went and saw this in theaters when it was back in theaters last fall so we talked about it but i think I we decided to just wait it was probably some movie that we were like no we got to do this or that for the show so we don't have time to watch movies for fun guys we don't watch movies for fun anymore we watch movies for the show <laughs> we did see a movie for fun last october i think that's probably the last time we saw a movie for fun last october <laughs> what is it april now October, November, December, January, February, March. So like six or seven months. One movie in six <laughs> or seven months that we saw for fun. Well, we do watch a lot of movies and we we work and we've got kids yeah. and yeah. well, a kid yeah. and, and grandkids. Right. And, you know. Fifty two just... fifty two movies a year, one a week yeah. for this show. And maybe maybe some other surprises coming soon. But for right now, fifty two episodes a year. Doesn't leave a lot of time for like viewing things for fun. No, no, but we and managed it's, to do it once, right? I was gonna say it's it. It's not that we just watch a movie and then talk about it. There's prep time. You put stuff together. I put stuff together. Right. Sometimes we watch the movie twice. Right. And so there's a lot of work to build up not to it, this even. One, but, yeah. And so, you know, sure, one movie per week, but that one movie probably kills, you know, four to seven hours, depending on length of the movie, how mm -hmm. many times we watch it, how much research we have to do on it. And... How much, yeah, how much work on the back end and the yeah. front end has yeah. to be done, yeah. Yep. But anyway, enough about how we're making the sausage here. Why don't we, <laughs> why don't you tell us who's in this movie? All right, this was directed by Baltazar Cormacure. <laughs> I am sure hey, that is wrong. I apologize, we're, Baltazar. We're at it again. <laughs> Baltazar, she doesn't mean anything personally. I suck at names, and I apologize. I really wish I was better because I I feel bad for mispronouncing people's names. <laughs> I, I chalk it up a lot to, and this is a terrible excuse, but I, I live in the Midwest. I've lived here my whole life. I don't have a lot of exposure to different languages and that type of stuff. So I feel like that's part of the problem is I just, I don't have experience with it. And so I'm terrible at names and I, and I apologize. It's pretty it's plain bad. out here in the yeah. Midwest. So, right. Yeah. I hear you. This was written by Ryan Engel. Ryan 
Engel. Do I know that name from somewhere, or is that just somebody that's kind of? Fr- oh wait, my God, he wrote, he wrote the Rampage movie with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh my God, that explains a lot. Okay, all right. And it has all become clear. <laughs> Everything has become clear. This stars Idris Elba as Dr. Nate Samuels, Ayana Haley as Meredith or Mare Samuels, mm-hmm. Leah Sava Jeffries as Nora Samuels, mm-hmm. and Charlto Copley as Martin Battles. I was surprised to see him in this, Charlto Copley. I, I hadn't seen him, like, he's in a lot of like cool stuff he was he played murdoch in the a-team movie that came out about 10 12 years ago or so yeah 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 but he was in before that he was in a movie called district nine which is a sci-fi movie that i absolutely loved and so i i mean i just haven't seen him in a ton of stuff he shows up every once in a while in like this or that and it's like oh that's that's cool it's charlton copley you know he was in a um Another sci-fi movie called Chappie. I want to say it's by the same director, but I don't know for sure. Not off the top of my head, but I never got a chance to really watch that one, but he was in that one, too. He's he's one of those people that I always go, oh, him. Yeah, hey, him. He's pretty good, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Other than he and Idris Elba, I don't recognize anybody in this cast. No, I don't like, either. I think the daughters are are unknowns, right? Or, are they, or do they, have they had long illustrious careers that I just haven't intersected with. Yeah, I really don't know either one of these. And it looks like just kind of looking at their history, they've been in a few TV shows, maybe a movie here or there. So I, I think they're just starting out. Well, here. it looks like Ayana Ayana Haley was in Abbott Elementary, which you had watched. Yeah. I don't remember her in there, but so very memorable obviously, but you have to remember, I watched that show while I was working, though, so I was more listening to it than watching it. Oh, you and you're watching something while working. It's not <laughs> even watching. How do you even call it that? You can listen to it. It's I like listen listening to, it. to radio, I guess, like, like radio, radio stories. <laughs> listening to my stories. <laughs> listening to my stories, oh, dear God. All right, let's get into it. So we open up on a group of poachers who are under the cover of night stalking a pride of lions and they manage to kill everybody except for the leader of the pride who proceeds to hunt and kill some of the poachers. No matter what they try, they can't stop it. And Then it jumps at the screen and we cut to Dr. Nate Samuels who is arriving in the same area with his daughters, Nora and Mare, for a safari vacation with Nate's friend Martin, who is a game warden at a preserve that they're going to be visiting. Nate and the kids are mourning the loss of Nate's wife and the girl's mother. I think it's pronounced Amale? I think so. She died of cancer, and uh, Martin was Nate's friend and Amale's friend, and he had introduced them both after they were done with college. So when they were done with their first years in college, Martin introduced them and they got married. So they're they're all very close. Now, I want to go back a little bit. The opening to this movie mm-hmm. kind of catches you right away. I mean, they're they're killing lions very brutally right off the bat. Uh-huh. Um, I immediately hated every single one of these people. Yeah, I I I really have a problem with this type of activity that people like to engage. I I just it's so wrong. I know some people don't care about 
you know, this type of stuff. But I, that really bothers me. I loved the fact that the dude set like a trap. Yeah. And he got caught in it. He caught himself in the trap. Yeah. He absolutely deserved to die. Yeah. Because of his, what he's doing. Yeah. His illegal activities. His illegal activities. Yes. So the first night there, Nate and the girls are at Martin's house and they're having a dinner and Martin is taking interest in Mare's photography, which is something that her mother also was into, was photography. And uh, Nate mentions another another picture that, that Mare had taken, and he gets the color of the car in the picture wrong, and that kind of sets Mare off. She's like, look, you never took an interest in my photography at all. You never took an interest in what I want to do, only in what you want me to do, which is, you know, uh, be a doctor. This... This is the first of several things that she's pissed off at him about. So I don't know what the real driving force is between the that has to do with the wedge between these two, because they never focus on any one of them. There's there's this. There's the fact that Nate left. There's the fact that Nate left when the mom got cancer, and although he didn't leave when the mom got cancer, they they split when like before and mm-hmm. then the mom got cancer and like mm-hmm. the girls are holding it against him or one of them is holding it against him. I don't, there's the motivation for Mare is thin because it's so spread out. Like I wish there'd been one focus of it, you know? I think the motivation was her mother has passed. She is grieving and her dad's going to get her anger. And I don't think there was one driving force behind it other than she was going through grief and that's a hundred percent how i took that okay but the the other daughter nora says that why do you always have to to do this mm-hmm. so this isn't something new for her there's a wedge between her and her dad i still think it comes down to the fact that the mother died mm-hmm. because that's gonna these they're still kids yeah kids don't always understand what they're feeling, what they're going through, because they're still learning. They're still processing. This is a growing thing for them. And yeah. I feel like they're a kid. And a kid is going to say stuff like, you always do this, even if you've only done it once. <laughs> That's just how it works. Right. I, I honestly feel like I was taking this as these guys were angry that mom and dad separated and then that mom died. Right. And now they're stuck with dad. Right. But they're angry. Yeah. Because of those two things. And it's just going to be everything is blown out of proportion because of Hmm. one and two. Okay. But for the purposes of the film, it's fractured so much that I don't have a way to, I don't have an in with Mare. Sure. She just seems like a, a grumpy teenager to me at this point, you know, like there's no one focus of her ire. Mm-hmm. For me, that's that's kind of important if you're going to... In a movie that's going to be this swift, if you want to build that, you need to build it quickly and you need to do it in a, in a, in a very succinct way. And they're not doing that, that, my, that this way. So. My issue with that is why do we even need that? That's all, an interesting you point. You can yeah. tell the same story, take all that crap out of there, and the girls are just withdrawn and upset because moms died. Right. That's That's all you need. Yeah, the photography thing muddles the whole story. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You you just have mom died, dad left, boom, problem solved. The photography thing, you don't understand my photography, 
Okay. But why? It, 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 just, it has no relevance in this story whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. So the next day, the family and Martin head out on safari. And they meet with Martin's friend Benji, who has tracked a pride of lions that Martin had raised from cubs. And Martin goes and he kind of greets the lions and the lions kind of act like they're his pets. You know, you ever had a dog or a cat and you come home, that animal is excited to see you. Mm -hmm. And they want to like love up on you or like cuddle with you or whatever. And these cats are exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. Until he notices one of the lionesses has a cut or a, a bullet wound on her arm, her paw. And he tries to approach but the male lions are like, meh, no, I don't think you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, all right, we're good. So and they like him, but they're protective of their pride first. Right. Yeah. Well, Martin's going to tell them that the pride is is kind of docile, but if anything comes into their territory, they're going to rip it to shreds, mm-hmm. which is going to come into play later. Right, right. So they continue their safari along. They come on an abandoned village that, that Martin knows about. He knows people at this village, and he's going to check in on them. But it's there's nobody there. And Nate and Martin start going through some of the houses, and they find people have been maimed and murdered. What looks like a lion did this. So at this point, had you made the connection that it was the lion at the beginning of the movie that was after yes these people you had okay yes because what else are we doing here right yeah so it's very obvious it's very Um, obvious i want to point out one thing in the journey from the pride to this village one of the daughters was asking martin about something she read called anti-poachers anti-poachers yep and that anti-poachers basically kill poachers right they hunt poachers who are hunting so they're poachers poaching poachers yeah, I don't poaching, know, like poachers that. poaching, poachers poaching poachers. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> or something. And he kind of doesn't really answer anything and just change the subject and off right. we go. Right, and as if you didn't know he's going to be an anti-poacher. Well, then. you kind of knew because back at his house, yeah. he has all that wiring and all that stuff there. Yep. And at first I was like, oh my God, is he a poacher? And then as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh no, no, he's right. an anti-poacher. Right. Okay. Yeah, so we've got a lot of people. We got a lot of creatures that are like vigilantes, right? So we've got this Martin, who's a vigilante, taking out, you know, poachers, and then we've got a, we're gonna have we're gonna find out that this lion basically is the Punisher. This is the Frank Castle lion. <laughs> His family was murdered, and so he's gone on the rampage to take out all the bad, the undesirables. Yeah, he should. This this lion should have just painted a, a white skull on his chest and been done with it. Yeah. <laughs> So they, after they discover these people half like, murdered, but not eaten, no mm-hmm. eating, just killed. Mm-hmm. The lion is not eating. He's not hunting for anything except to, for revenge. He's hunting for revenge. So they continue on going for help now because they want to, you know, bring, you know, bring back help for the village. Yeah. And here's where they say... He's trying to get on the radio, but says because of the mountain range, mm-hmm. you can't really use the radio. Back at his home, he says they don't have Wi-Fi and cell service out there. So right. they have now set up. Oh, there yeah. is no outside communication. Very swiftly, they they cut off the whole... The, the, the cell phone question, which is always in everything nowadays because everybody has a cell phone. Well, why didn't you just call for help? Well, mm-hmm. this is why. There's no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of... 
the African, you know, wildlands, the, what did he call it? The bush. We're in the middle of the bush, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to get a signal out here. So, um, they come across a man named Mutende who is injured, obviously by a lion and he's really, you know, he's scared. Martin goes off to investigate the area, but Nate's trying to save the guy's life, but the guy ends up dying. All right, I thought this was weird that Martin's going to go investigate this right at this moment. So he's already seen that this lion probably attacked this village. Right. He's got people with him that are unarmed. Right. And you have no way to contact anybody for backup or help. Why are you going off on your own like this? This is stupid. He's probably worried about his friends. I mean, he said multiple times that he has friends in all these villages around there. Sure, but why so, not get these people brought somewhere and bring backup? Maybe, I guess, but that makes sense. No, so. I, I was, I was like, what are you doing? This is stupid. <laughs> so, when Martin leaves, he tries to shoot the lion that attacked today, but he ends up getting wounded. The lion like maims his leg mm-hmm. and leaves him to be kind of bait which we'll find out later. But the lion stalks Nate after after he heard the gunshot. So Nate hears the gunshot. Then the lion comes after Nate. But Nate gets away. He makes it into the car. The lion smashes into the car and, like, grabs a hold of Nate's leg, and they end up driving. You know, the, he has one of the girls, I can't remember which girl, I think it's Mare, jump into the front seat and drive mm-hmm. away. And they manage to get away from the lion, but the car crashes because obviously, you know, you've got a guy hanging halfway in the window. You've got an inexperienced driver in the middle of the African Sahara. And a lion attacking. And a lion attacking. Crash. So we get a crash. And so they're not far away at that point. So Nate tries to get Martin on the CB and he manages to get him on the CB. And and Martin says, you know, I'm still alive, but I'm, I'm bleeding out. So... You know, I need, I need, I need help, but I don't want you to come for me because I, I think that I am the bait. I'm, I think he's trying to get you to come for me. Mm-hmm. And so Nate says, we're going to figure out how to get you out of there, but I want you to stop the bleeding first. And the way he has him do it is he says, do you have that, that Zippo lighter? You remember that Zippo lighter that you have? Do you have it with you? <laughs> Very specifically. And he's like, yeah, I have it. I have my Zippo lighter. So he says, I want you to heat your knife. As hot as you can get it, and I want you to push it on the artery to stop the bleeding. So that's how they get him to stop bleeding at first. But he's still pretty beat up. And Nora, or excuse me, not Nora, but Mare, leaves the car trying to find Martin because he's he's saying, look, there's like one structure that's near me Mm -hmm. that's man-made and you'll see it. And so Mare like goes looking for that. I, again? But yeah, why would you leave the damn I, car? I don't understand this kid. <laughs> I mean, she wanders off when they're at the with the pride. She goes in closer. So yeah, right. she's brave. I get it. That's fine. You've got a lion killing people. You've got your dad and your sister here. Why on earth are you just wandering off? Your injured father and your injured uncle are both like telling you stay in the car and you just wander off. So you're, he wanders you're off looking for You're just not it. smart. At this point, I, I'm like, if, if you get eaten by the cat, that's your own fault. But she's grieving, so I, it's okay. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> I, I, I don't like when... I understand in some movies they have people be stupid just to keep the story grow, going, but sometimes it's just they're stupid and they're just too stupid to like keep... 
I, I don't know. You can't get into the story then because they're just being dumb. Here's my theory on that whole thing. If your story requires your people to be stupid to make it work, maybe you need to rework your story. And I feel like this is some of those slasher movies. Fine. But this there's is a slasher not, movie. There's, they're not like supposed to be a big story. But this movie, I feel like, is trying to have a story with yeah, it. Yeah. They are. They are. They're trying to be more than just a slasher, but that's all it is. Like, if you if they had just leaned into the slasher aspect of this and just ignored the rest of it, it might have been a little different. Right. Fine. Who cares? You have stupid people in right. those. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. I should... They're not stupid people. They make stupid decisions. Do smart people make stupid decisions? Absolutely, they do. Do stupid people make smart decisions? Absolutely. Okay, well. Then... I guess they just make stupid decisions. Yes, I'm. It's just people making stupid decisions. Yeah. So when Mare leaves the car to try and find Martin, the lion attacks again. But it's going for Nate and Nora, not for Mare, which doesn't make any sense. Unless um, he doesn't see her walk off. I don't know. And here's my other question: Do lions just not have a sense of smell? There's so many times that we get into <laughs> it that Nate is close to this lion and. The lion just doesn't see him, doesn't smell him, nothing. And I'm like thinking, how are these things big predators if they can't smell things? This is not your average lion, though. This is Punisher Lion, and he is driven by a very specific Rage. thirst for vengeance. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said I think this is a rabid lion because... It's not rabid. I know but he's he does not rabid. But he drool a bunch of times, so but I, you But he looks maybe. rabid. Yeah. He's very mangy looking. It's almost like Cujo. Yeah, in a way, right? Like, like it's almost like they're in a in a pinto, and 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 D Wallace is trying to like fend off a Saint Bernard or something. But Idris Elba is D Wallace in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> when the lion attacks, Nate is trying. They had found this tranquilizer gun, and in the car, and Nate is trying to like shoot the lion but he can't get the the gun loaded fast enough but Nora leans out the other window and stabs it in the ass with a dart and now that's pretty off. clever that was pretty smart smart decision smart decision by go. Nora good job Nora I don't think Mare would have figured that out <laughs> wow you don't like Mare at all she so, doesn't make wise choices. Right. Well, Mare ends up finding finding Martin, and she brings him back to the Jeep, and then the group spends the night there, but the tranquilizer is worn off of the lion faster than they expected, so it's stalking them. And while it's stalking them, they're trying to, like, call out on the radio. They can't get out. They can't mm -hmm. get to anybody. But then they finally hear somebody on the radio, and they communicate with them. And when they show up, it turns out that these guys are poachers. These are the same poachers from the beginning of the movie. And Nate talks to the leader of these guys. And he gets them to agree to take Nate, the girls, and Martin to safety for like 5000 American dollars. But then the poacher opens up the Jeep door and he recognizes Martin as an anti-poacher who has murdered several of his men. So the girls were right. Mm -hmm. He is an anti-poacher. Yeah. So I'm going to back up just a hair. When they're yeah. in that vehicle overnight yeah martin starts explaining to them how this lion must be the lion that pride was killed a few days back or whatever and that it's now just hunting everybody down he like tells the story on why the lion is doing this and i'm like thinking wait so he already knew about the lion but i'm thinking how on earth would you make this connection 
how on earth would you be like, oh, this lion must be killing people because his pride was killed? Why didn't he say that when he was in the village and he saw all those people that were murdered? I I, I don't know. This just, I feel like all of a sudden he has this light bulb moment and is like, oh, this is why Aha. this is happening, even though there's nothing to lead him to this conclusion. I know what lion this is. Out of the thousands of lions that are in Africa, this is the lion. Well, and I don't know if it, if he was saying it was a lion or why the lion was doing it. It was definitely why the lion was doing it, and it didn't make sense as to why he would come to that conclusion. Right. Because that is not normal lion behavior. Why on earth would you think this lion is doing this because his pride was killed? It's so stupid. Look, because then he's like, well, they're going after the poachers. But those people in the village weren't poachers, so why nope. did he kill them? Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Were they helping the poachers? I don't think they were. If They were friends with Martin. Martin wouldn't be friends with them if they were helping poachers. I just think, again, what? <laughs> what? Okay. I think this movie could have benefited from a sequence where we see the lion gearing up for the like the final battle like grabbing like his belt with knives yeah, and stuff yeah he's got like his there. knife belt and he's got like his <laughs> bandolier full of like grenades and shit you know put on his little leather jacket and he like puts on like a little like a like a bandana right so he like puts a bandana around his forehead and he like pulls it tight with his little lion paws oh my god that would have made this movie a lot better <laughs> So he recognizes Martin, but then when they're arguing, the lion attacks again and he starts, like, just causes chaos, right? He starts killing the poachers, and in the ensuing chaos, Nate moves the girls to a different vehicle, and he's going to go and back the truck to their Jeep so they can move Martin over and take off, but he finds out that there's no keys in the Jeep. One of the guys has to have the keys. And then his girls are yelling at him, you don't know how to hotwire a car? <laughs> Who the hell knows how to hotwire a car? He's a doctor, for God's sake. Yeah. It's not, he's like a car thief on the side or something. I I'm know, like, right? why are you shocked that he doesn't know how to hotwire a car? <laughs> See, one of them said, well, didn't you take like, an, what you should, didn't you like minor in something? And I'm thinking to myself, what, car theft? <laughs> You can't minor in car theft. I don't think there's any college or university that would do that. All right. You're going to sign up for this class that's going to teach you how to hotwire cars. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. But only for we're, legit purposes. We're going to teach you useful life skills here, guys. One of them is going to be about hotwiring a car in case a rogue lion is attacking you in the bush. Meanwhile. Okay. So anyway, let's just move on because I don't know what else to say about that. This Other this movie like, definitely made my brain hurt a little bit. Whew, so. There's we'll get to the the really there's gonna be more crazy <laughs> sh that, like we'll get there. But here we go. So Nate says, "Oh, I've got to go and find the keys. This is the only way we're getting out of here." He says, "This is the only way. There's only one way out, and it's with one of the poachers' jeeps." Why? Why is that the only way? No one's gonna hear this chaos and come running. No one's gonna come looking. Now that I Martin, could, Martin I, already told him, people will come. We just have to sit tight. Yeah. This isn't the only way out. He's already <laughs> been told there's multiple other ways out. You just have to be patient, and he's not being patient. Yeah. He's decided to take matters into I his own hands. I think, though, because their one window was broken, their vehicle wasn't safe anymore. So I think they were having a little bit of a panic attack. Okay, sure. 
this because he didn't minor in escaping, you know, rogue lions. He didn't take his lion trainer yeah. classes, I guess. Right. So he goes looking around at the bodies of the poachers and he manages to get the keys. But while this is all going on, the lion attacks the vehicle that Martin's in and he pushes it down a hill and it lands on its roof. Which is probably a good thing now that they did get out of that vehicle. Otherwise probably at this point. all would yes. have been up there. Yeah, right. Although it could have been a much better ending. So the, <laughs> the lion knocks itself out, but it gets up and then it realizes, oh, gee, there's there's a chewy center to my Tootsie Roll car, and he's going to go and get Martin. But Martin has seen that there's gas coming out of the gas tank in the overturned vehicle, and he takes out his trusty Zippo lighter that they just talked about moments ago, the Chekhov's Zippo, and he blows himself up in the car and burns the lion. And now we're in Jaws 2. Now this was quite the sacrifice, though, I do have to say. I mean, you're setting yourself on fire for this. no guarantee that you're actually going to kill the beast and you no. might actually just be pissing it off more yeah that's a right. brilliant plan right. martin I, brilliant i didn't say it was brilliant i just yeah. said it was quite the sacrifice oh no i'm just saying martin is brilliant so the next morning nate has already found the keys and they're backtracking to they're backtracking their original path to get the girls back to Martin's house. Oh, let's back up a second. Okay, let's back up. All right, so part of this whole thing, Nate is, this is the part where Nate is like crawling around in trees. He's in the yeah. water, stuff oh, yeah. like this. So the lion is stalking him. There's one time he's like up on a branch, not even that high of a branch. Right. And the lion's like right underneath him. But oh, yet, yeah, and he grabs but, a snake with his bare hands and throws it on the yeah, lion. <laughs> but the lion doesn't smell him, doesn't look up, nothing. Right. And Lions then can't look up. But That's then there's another t- time where he's in the water under, like, a little tiny branch. Yeah. And the lion's on the branch, but and doesn't can't see him. Yeah. Doesn't see him. Yeah, so he's apparently, got stealth mode on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm... I don't know enough about lions to know this for sure, but I feel like they would at least have... The ability to smell somebody that close. Like, oh, right. something smells different. I mean, animals, <laughs> that's how they hunt and stuff. You've visual, scent, you know, instinct, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I feel like this is just, did he, like, lose his senses when he lost his pride or what? I, I oh, don't know. Oh, no, his pride is lost. <gasps> this is more about, like, his actual, like, theoretical pride than his physical pride. Yeah. And the other <laughs> thing with this water... Yeah. Uh, back when Martin was first hunting this lion. Yeah. There's a gator in there. There's gators in there. <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's alligators or crocodiles. I don't know which ones are in this region. But there's two of them yeah. that swim off. And he goes then proceeds walking in this water, like waist right. deep. I'm like, why would you get in this water? There was just the and, gators and stuff and in Nate there. is bleeding profusely too, and Nate so. is now bleeding yeah. and he's walking in the same water so number one you've got gators in there and snakes and number two I can't even imagine what kind of bacteria and just gross stuff is going to get in this wound oh terrible now but, I, that's that's not really part of the whole story but this is stuff that I'm thinking about is like why would you get in this water no, I don't I, understand I hear you I hear you the the bit where he grabs the snake and then throws it onto the lion. Mm-hmm. I just like at that point, 
I was like, I don't think there's any hope for this movie. Like, I really don't think there's any way they're coming back from this. He just grabbed some poisonous snake with his bare hands, having been a doctor his whole life, not, like, in the bush and knowing how to, like, read this shit, <laughs> just throwing it on the line, figuring that's going to make it go, but he's also giving away his position. It's like, right. what? Like, but the lion didn't see him, though. The lion no, got, the lion the, just ran away. Yeah, had the snake on him and ran away. He was like, oh, shit, a snake, I gotta go. It's yeah. like it's, it's like me, if I see a snake, it just runs <laughs> off. It's like you know? those cats when they see cucumbers because they think right. the cucumber like, is a snake, right. right? Jump up. In this mm-hmm. in this world, it's like a real snake, and so the cat's like, oh, shit, and he takes yeah. off. Uh, now, Jesus. Now, question for you. Yeah. So, talking about this being in the water with the gators and stuff. Now, yeah. if you're gonna, you if you have the choice to either stay on land and get attacked by a lion, or go in the water and get attacked by a gator, which one do you choose? I will light myself on fire like Martin did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna light myself is. on fire. <laughs> they can both have me. I'm just not gonna be around to watch it. So, okay, so Nate, after he goes through his whole thing, he finds the keys on one of the poachers, and then, right. it, by then it's dawn, he gets into the car, he starts to backtrack with the girls, and they give us a reverse tour of everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's the pride where Martin's pride is. That's There's the rock where Martin's pride is. They said that if there were any other creatures there, they would rip them to shreds. <laughs> and then they're like, whoa, there was a school around here, right? Let's go see the school. That's where we'll go. <laughs> And they go to the school, but the school looks like it's been taken over by poachers. It's not yeah. a schoolhouse anymore. Martin had said it was abandoned mm-hmm. because the mines, the copper mines had closed down. And now it's a haven for poachers, I guess. But those poachers are too busy with the lion or trying to pick their you know guts up off the floor at this point, the ground yeah. at this point. And Martin, or excuse me, not Martin, but Nate takes the girls to this school to look for medical supplies because Mare was injured on the with like like trying to escape the lion, basically. Now, I find it interesting that they go into this schoolhouse and they don't bother shutting any of the doors, yeah, even I have though that note too. even though they don't know that the lion might be dead. They didn't see Martin set the thing on fire. <laughs> I know, right. But they leave all the doors open like, yeah. who cares? Just right. let this thing wander in. Uh, maybe they know. figure they're too far away now. They made it past. They're not, you know, whatever. I don't know. Well, you know. There's... It was it was at this point when they're backtracking that I said to my point, myself, oh, good. They're going to, Martin's pride is going to save them from the lion. They're just going to be like, oh, now we're protecting humans, which isn't exactly what happens, but it's pretty goddamn close. So he takes the girls inside looking for medical supplies, and the lion, who is badly burned but still alive shows up and nate puts the girls in like a a, a, in a room that like the lion wouldn't be able to get into because it's got like a metal door and he tells him he loves them and then he leads the lion back to martin's pride's territory and this is the best part of the movie he fist fights the lion (laughs) also the couple of bites that the lion took of nate He'd be done. He'd he would be, be dead by he'd now, be right? Dead. There's no way he walks away from this thing. So the lion is pulling his punches, and Nate is like he's literally having a fist fight with a lion. This is like the Meg level stupid, right? Right. But I feel like he went out there. I feel like he figured he was going to die, but he was just hoping that the other lions would take out this lion so his girls would live. Do you think he actually thought that that's what he was doing? I thought he was going to try and take the lion. 
No, no, he went there. He went there. He went there specifically to get specifically the, the other lines? Okay. because it was said earlier that if anything goes in that area, the other lions will right. take it out. So that's why he went there. Okay. But so, I feel like he went to sacrifice himself to save his girls. Right. That's what I thought too. But fist fighting a lion? Come on. I think he just like, needed to keep it keep it off long enough for those lions to see it. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on film. Like fist fighting a lion. A, 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 a Punisher lion too, by the way. Still doesn't have the white thing on his chest, the white skull on his chest, so I'm pissed off. But he fist fights the lion, it knocks him out, and then it be and then it is attacked by Martin's pride, and they rip him to shreds. And then he wakes up in a hospital, and the girls tell him that Benji rescued him, and then later on they go and they finish their vacation. Because fuck it, you know, Martin's dead, you got attacked by a lion, let's stay in the bush. Let's stay out there in case there's another lion out there. Wouldn't you go the hell home at this point? I thought they were going home. They weren't. They went to the tree that their mother took a picture at. Right. Like symbolically yeah. showing that they've reached closure. But that's not that's not at home. That's in the bush. Go home. The lions don't want you there. You're going to end up dead if you keep tempting it. You can only fist fight one lion in your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one shot at fist fighting a lion in your lifetime, guys. And Idris Elba well, used that up. He survived it, he so did. you know. He used that up though. That's he one one fist fighting life per or one fist fighting lion per life, and that's it. And he used it, so no more. You're done. You gotta quit. Go home. Go home, Idris Elba. Go home. <laughs> I totally called Martin's pride. Taking the taking out the lion, but you'd have to be really not paying attention mm-hmm. to not see that coming. Right. They pointed out several times. It's like the lighter. Like it couldn't. Have, like the lighter thing couldn't have been funnier if they. The only way it could have been funnier is if, like, when Mar- when 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 Nate says to Martin, "You still got that Zippo lighter, right? That you had the other day." Like if they had like taken a time the time to focus a shot on just Charlton Copley's hand with the lighter in it. <laughs> yeah, I've got it right here. <laughs> you know, like... Right. We get it, dude. We get it. You're going to lose the use of the lighter later. We get it. You're going to fist fight a lion into the pride lands. You know, whatever. Like, god dang it. Like... <sighs> All right. Anyway. So, do you have any <laughs> other notes? I do not. Oh, my God. You don't have anything else? You have nothing else to add? I don't. I tried looking for behind-the-scenes stuff, little trivia tidbits. I came up with nothing. There is some stuff out there, but really nothing interesting. Okay. Well, I guess then we'll just skip that part. This is going to be a real light one, I guess. But what do you? where do you stand? Keep rent or erase? Because I guess they know where I stand at this point. I... I'm going to erase this movie. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. I feel like this was... Thankfully, it was only an hour and a half, so I don't. I didn't waste like three hours of my life watching this thing. <laughs> so it was an hour and a half, but I feel like... I feel like maybe this could have been an interesting story about a dad and his girls surviving a safari gone wrong, which is what I thought it was in the first yeah. place. But... Like this crazy lion and poachers and 
stuff not making sense and stuff being like overly obvious and <laughs> things not being in there. And then the girl running so off clunky. and making stupid decisions. Yeah. yeah. And the special effects were terrible. Right. The CGI lions were bad. They were bad. There was a few times they were fighting. Now, there was no real lions in this. Every single lion was CGI in here. Sometimes they do bring in real lions for this or that, like in the outer scenes. But th- yeah. no, this one was all CGI lions. I felt like there was a few times that I thought it looked decent, but most of the time they were, they was bad. It was terrible. So bad. I don't know. I, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with something positive. I even feel like Idris Elba, man, you could do so much better. He phoned it in. He phoned it in. <sighs> like, this isn't like, okay. So you're a race. I'm in a race. I'm yep. also in a race. There was, by the time we got to the lighter, it was definitely not a keep. By the time we got to the fist fight, it was not just an erase. It might have been like, <laughs> let's go visit the studio and burn it down so it doesn't happen again. <laughs> like, this movie is so... It, like, we've seen this movie so many times. This is Jaws. This is Orca. Like, this is the Punisher. This, like, this is the same damn thing over and over and over again. But this time it's with the lion. So, like, what was the pitch for this movie? It's Jaws, but with a lion? It's Cujo, but with a lion. This movie started out as Jaws with the hunt, right? It ended up being like the Punisher. It ended up being like Cujo with the kids and the dad, the kids and the parent trapped in the car. It ended up being like Jaws 2 with the badly burned creature coming after people. Like, what didn't you crib to make this movie? And it's all so sloppily put together. Like, I I can't believe I spent time watching this movie. This has got to be one of the worst movies I've seen in years. Years. This is so bad. Yeah, it's not great. Blah. Okay, so we got to get this. I got to get the taste out of my mouth. What are we doing next? I think you'll be pleased. Will I? I think so. Next week, we are going to cover the next movie in our Be Kind Rewind series. Ooh, a Spielbergy movie. I love it. We're going to cover Hook. Ooh, Hook. Huh? Okay. All right. I feel like doing a Spielberg series is a little tough for me because. How do I preview this? <laughs> How do I preview this? I love Spielberg movies. There are very few Spielberg movies that I go, ugh, God, this one. But there are a couple. There's a couple. 1941, mm-hmm. Empire of the Sun. There's a couple, mm-hmm. but not that many. This is not one of them. I, man, okay. So we will be covering the movie Hook. That is good. That's the best I can do. Next week. Next week. Yeah. So next week is Hook. All right. So I, I saw this in theaters. I am uh, just to preview my thoughts here a little bit. I'm not surprised. You are a huge Robin Williams fan. I am. And a Steven Spielberg fan. This yeah. seems right up your alley. This movie was made basically for me. <laughs> that, that's uh, you know, a lot of other people too. I'm sure there's a lot of other Spielberg yeah. Williams fans. But yeah, that was basically felt. I felt like it was made for me. So. <laughs> All right, well, all right, so next week then, right here on the couch, Steven Spielberg's Hook. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.